The following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of 1500 ESPN. The following is a presentation of financial crisis recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cover Your Assets with me, Todd Rooker. How you doing, everybody? So, you're going to get your, your, your Saturday dose uh, peppered in with a little ACDC here and there. And uh, I have Joe, my co-pilot, riding along with me. I'm going to get all warmed up. All right. Warm it up, baby. All right. So, uh, first, uh, I taught a class yesterday, and I just want to give a shout-out to all the great folks who, who showed up at the Bloomington class. I did a class yesterday uh, called CSI Minnesota Credit Score Investigation, eight-hour class. I think it was good. Uh, everybody clapped. I don't know if that's because they just wanted to get out of there. <laughs> uh, but uh, man, it went good. So I, I, I think we we uh, got some information out to them, and I, uh, I uh, hope they enjoyed it. So uh, today, we're going to talk about some of the things we talked about in that class. Uh, not necessarily credit. There'll be a little bit about that. But in keeping with the theme, uh, becoming a real estate investor, I want to drill down on some things that, that I think are important. I heard a gentleman on uh, calling into Jason's show, uh, and he was talking about, you know, what, what's your rate of return or what, what should your rate of return? I've, I've already bought a property. And if you're listening, if you're still listening, here's the thing you got to know about that. You don't figure out what your rate of return is after you buy the property. You need to know what that is before you buy the property. If you listen to my show, you're going to hear me say over and over again, you can't fix a bad buy. In other words, if you if you go in there and you figure out that you made a mistake, most of the time, as much as no one wants to hear this, you might be better served by selling the property. And that's excruciating, especially if you're going to have to pay real estate fees and closing fees to do it. But I would rather lose the money right now and be done and move on than have a slow burn that goes on and on and on. And, and, you know, I say this, and I know most people who, forgive me, are amateurs, they don't believe it. They don't believe it. They think they can find a way to make it all work out. And and that's why they're going to stay small. You know, maybe they'll have two or three properties. They're never going to be the people who are going to get to 20, 30, 50 or get into multi-units because there's a level of sophistication that is required. And some people, just like business, who are, as I love to call them, reluctant entrepreneurs. They're really not entrepreneurs. They're really not business people. They're just people who kind of slide into it and, and they find themselves there. You know, a lot of small business owners only started a business not because they're really business people, but because, you know, they didn't like working for the man. You know, they just want to call their own shots. And that's, you know, that was their big impetus or the motivation for becoming uh, self-employed. But in terms of actually being business people in that they understand scalability and they're looking at the numbers and they build out a business plan and a pro forma and they're looking down the road and they know how many, you know, how big they want it to be and what at what 
intervals. They're going to need financing. And, and no, they're not that. They're not that. And and for those people who who don't evolve, they stay like that. They really just basically buy themselves a job or create a job for themselves. And look, man, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. But just make the distinction between somebody who is really a business person from somebody who is just really kind of kind of a you know a jobber if you will it, it, it be be that as it may self-employed 1099 it's not really the same thing um, now that's one type there are still also though those types who are reluctant entrepreneurs back into that but they learn and they figure it out and they you know spend the time throughout their building their their small business uh, it, to educate themselves they didn't come in they didn't come to it that way but they become that they evolve. And obviously, if that's going to happen, you got to be open to it. You got to be willing to learn. You actually actually you have to make an effort. You have to be willing to spend some money, spend some time, and you have to make those things a priority. Uh, small business people who don't do that, they're more focused on doing the job, being the best, I don't know, whatever, being the best contractor, you know, because they got the quietest quality job and they're a craftsperson or they're the they're the, the insurance agent who just sells the most policies or, you know, th- that's not the same thing. You know, the the ones who are interested in the interworkings of the business and they can tell you at any given moment what their margins are and they could literally by uh, by rote dictate their 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 pre their profit loss statement, their income statement right off the top of their head because the numbers are there all the time, as opposed to someone who doesn't even know what the heck the numbers are. <laughs> so, you know, that's and, and this is what you have to do now when you get when you drift into investment real estate, what I'm really insinuating in this long-winded, uh, you know, dissertation here is that you want to become that. You want to become a business person. And I say over and over again, and I said it yesterday in my class, that no one gets to succeed financially in a sustainable way. And when I, you know, when I measure that, look, I'm talking about people who are by the time they're by the time they're done playing around, they're going to have a net worth that's going to be in excess of probably ten million dollars. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about having a nice little comfortable retirement with a million dollars in your four hundred one k. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about more. How much more? I don't know. More. <laughs> so if you want to do that. And you got to take on a different perspective on things. And, you know, most people, everybody would say, well, sure, I mean, I, I'd love, sure, sure, I'd love that. No, you wouldn't. Because if you say it that way, it already tells me everything I need to know that you're never really going to do that because you don't really believe in that concept. And the reason is because you probably don't know anybody like that. And the reason is because it's just beyond your comprehension to see that far. So to you, that's just a pipe dream. And look, on some level, you know, you got to focus on today, but your today has to meld into, that is your short, short-term goals, that being today, has to meld into your mid-range and long-range goals because they all have to fit together. They all have to have a logical progression. And so you build the whole thing out right from the very beginning. And that's why, you know, it's like, you know, if, if you were to decorate a house and do it willy-nilly and decorate one room without a plan for the whole house, and by the time you get done, none of the rooms fit together, and you could just about tear the whole thing apart and start all over again because there's no, it's not congruent. 
It doesn't, it doesn't fit together. If you had started with a grand plan, you could have pieced it together as you went, but as you added each piece, they would all complement each other as you go. This is essentially what I'm trying to say. When you put together a plan to create wealth, to become a business person, to create a business in general, that's what you have to do. And even if it seems like a pipe dream, even to you, here's what you should know about that. The more detailed you become, Within the planning, the more real it becomes in your mind. If it is, if you put together a plan that has, you know, wild generalities without drilling down on the specifics, then it will remain that just a pipe dream. But if you put the detail into it, where wherein each component works towards the towards the betterment of getting you to the next piece and so on and you can see exactly how this brings you to that and that brings you to to the next stage it it becomes so real in your mind that no longer does it seem like this is not realistic it becomes very realistic and then as you begin to progress and you see the pieces coming together because everything is put together so well if you're one third of the way down the road and you've succeeded that far, then there's nothing all the way to a hundred percent of where you want to be within that plan that seems unrealistic because everything just logically fits together. So it's very important that you do that. And when it comes to investment real estate, too often people, you know, well, I'll buy one and see how that goes and then I'll, you know, buy two. Look, you got to have a plan to say, when I get to 10, <laughs> what am I going to do? Am I going to go to 10 and is 10 the magical number where once I get there and I bring each of those 10, let's say individual investment, you know, residential properties to stabilization, which is a term that you want to write down because stabilization means that you've, you've now got it up and running. You've added the value that you can add to increase your market rents and to make it as profitable or cash flow as well as it can, all things considered, which we'll get to. And once you do that, your next logical step may be to take those dollars, sell all those properties, and move into a multi-unit. Now, that's a plan that you build out. And that is a very reasonable plan, by the way. (laughs) And you could do that over and over and over again. And that's the scalability that I talk about. But most people don't go into it that way. They just, you know, that's why they never progress beyond, you know, one or two properties. So I'm saying that if you can do one or two, why can't you do 20? Why can't you own a 100 unit property? Why can't you? And and the answer is you can. And the only limiting factor is going to be the way you think about it. And whether in your mind's eye, you believe that's possible. And if you built out that plan, it's such detail that it becomes realistic. And that's why, you know, every business owner will tell you they work on their business plan. Well, a lot of people, first of all, they don't, even, they don't know what a business plan is. They don't want to write a business plan. And if they do sit down and write, to, write what they call a business plan, they stick it in the drawer of their desk. And two years later, they haven't looked at it since they started their business two years ago. That's a, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. And, the, and what that probably means is more often than not, that they're, they're so focused on doing the work 
of that business. So focused on on the the customer service, so focused on the quality of the work. And and look, I you got to know that I'm not diminishing the significance of those things. But if that's the only thing you're looking at, then then you're looking at your business like the person who is an employee working for your business as a jobber, you know? Um and that's a problem. So you have to take off that hat and put on another hat, put on the accounting hat, and then put on the operations hat, and then put on the CEO hat, where you take into consideration everything. And you literally have to think of yourself differently as as you progress through, because a company that is built out will have an individual in each one of those capacities who is thinking exclusively in the way that that person would. So as a one-man, two-woman show, uh, that's what you have to do. You got to think that way. Um, meaning that you have to, you have to put on a different hat and look at it with a new and fresh perspective as though you were looking at someone else's business and you were giving them advice. And that's probably the best thing you can do. So if you're going to get your, get your foot into real estate and you're going to do these things, you want to think about, you want to look at somebody who's already succeeded. One of the best things you can do is to find somebody. You talk to real estate agents, most of them are going to be connected with someone who they work with because real estate agents are great uh, opportunity finders. They, they, that, that's why really, folks, for those of you who are out there who are real estate agents or considering getting your license, you are the first on the scene, you know, the, the, the crime scene, if you will. You're talking to the individual person who wants to sell their house. You know, they, they typically are going to disclose things to you that they might be fearful to disclose to other people. And I'm well aware of the relationship that, that fiduciary responsibility and relationship with the, with your, with your client to the agent. But you know things that other people don't know and you see things and learn things before anybody else. You know, you've got other agents who want you to walk through their their listings and give you their opinion well look you are there before even one 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 potential buyers walk through it wow what is that worth so agents can also do that for you as an investor and so the more qualified the 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 ask the better they can look for you in other words you say i want properties in this geographic area in this price point that have these features. And remember, if they know that you're qualified to be able to pull a trigger and buy that, they know you are a sale. All they have to do is find a property and stumble across it and boom, they, you know, it's, it's a done deal. So these people almost always know investors because they work with them that have multiple properties. You want to talk to somebody who's got 10, 20, 30 properties or owns, you know, five apartment buildings. And you want to sit down with these people. And I mean, you want to have a strategy where once a month, early morning breakfast or certain times of the day, you are going to schedule an appointment with one of these people and do that once a week for the next two months. Because you're going to want to sit down with these people. You're going to have want to have a detailed set of questions. You're going to want to ask them how they started, when they started, how they progressed, and where they are now. What would you do differently if you had it to do over again? You're going to talk to these people because I'm going to tell you the insight that you will glean from doing that is invaluable. And what you're going to find out is that all the things that you thought 
that you, you your misgivings, you know, your 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 failings, the things that you're you're uncomfortable with about your own position right now, don't have enough money, you know, maybe don't have the best credit. You're going to find out how many of these people struggled with those exact same things. And the fact that they overcame them lets you know immediately that you can do it too. And that's so valuable it, to just sit there with a real human being breathing across the table from you, who's telling you how they did it. And as they sit in front of you, they really did. They really did it. And that, that gives you the belief that you can do it too. And it, and it tells you the things that you want. And I'm going to tell you everything because, you know, living it and hearing it are always going to be different, but hearing it beats the heck out of finding it out. So if you're looking for it and if you understand these things before you go in, you're going to identify the issues and the problems. You're going to see your own pitfalls faster. And you're going to be able to react to them more quickly. And you're going to see a plan in the way that, look, some of these people, they were willy-nilly. And they still wound up succeeding because they, ta- they took the time. They attended seminars. They hired people like me. Hey, sure. And, and they figured it out. They learned. They surrounded themselves with other people who knew what the heck they were doing. And they, they didn't just say, they didn't just listen and do whatever somebody else said. They learned from that process. And now they are experts in and of its, in, in their own right. And that's what you have to do. That's exactly the, the things that you want to do. Now, is that going to tell you the type of properties that you should be looking for? Yes, it is. Is it going to tell you where the sweet spot is in rent? It will. You're going to hear, you're going to hear people who are going to tell you don't buy properties above this number. And why? Well, because that's not the sweet spot in market rents. Then you can talk to somebody else who does do that ongoing and as a result has found a way to make it successful. And they're going to be able to tell you how and why they were able to make that successful. So, you know, that and all of that allows you to put together a really good plan for yourself. But I am telling you that you have to identify a price point. That's one of the first things you do. And I'm going to say this again. If it's as obvious it is as it is, you don't go buy a property, write a purchase agreement, and then learn this stuff. I mean, if I need, do I need a rock to hit you over the head? You need to, you need to learn all this. So before you ever make your first offer, you know this stuff. Now, you're not going to know all this stuff. That's a luxury you can't afford because that takes way too long. And those are the people who want to know everything about everything. And the fact of the matter is they're, they're, they're indecisive and are terrible at actually pulling the trigger on anything. You can't be like that either. But you do have to have a sense of what you're looking for and you have to have a set of criterion and a model. And when you find a property that fits within that model, you have to be able to pull that trigger Boom, right now. Because remember, if it is that good, you're not the only genius who's going to figure it out. And the minute that someone else does, they're going to pull the trigger. So you've got to have your criterion in hand, and you've got to be positioned, educated, and acclimated to know when you see what you're looking for, and you got to be able to pull that trigger. Because if you don't, you're going to go through property after property after property, and you're going to get your fingers slammed in the car door because you're going to lose them over and over again. So the time to learn this stuff isn't after you've purchased a property. It's to position before. And also, with that said, you have to give yourself a definitive timeline to educate yourself, and then you're done, and then you move on. Meaning, I'm going to buy my first property in six months, not six years. Not when I feel comfortable, okay? Those are lazy people, all right? 
you are going to do it in six months. That means you're putting you're putting the 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 pressure on yourself to learn as much as you can, as fast as you can in that period of time for fear that you are going to pull the trigger and you're going to make a mistake. You know, remember, as I love to say, if the test weren't Friday morning, no one would stay up all night Thursday studying, would they? All right. So you have to say, I will write a purchase agreement in six months on my first property. And if you are absolutely deadly serious about that, what that means is that, by God, you better learn as fast as you possibly can because this is imminent that you will do this. And if you don't get it dialed in, you're going to make a colossal mistake that puts you and your family in jeopardy. So, by God, learn it fast. Take the time. Don't care if you're working a full-time job. You do what you got to do. And that's the way you have to look at it. So, a price point is 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 important because most everything flows from there. Um, the the next thing you want to do is to consider the market. Where are you going to purchase your first property? Where are you going to purchase multiple properties? Is this an area that you could own 10 or 20 properties in this area? Will it support it? What are the types of homes in that area? Who are the types of people who live there? who live there and who will rent there. And know that on the lower end of the scale, the difference between homeowners and renters is just a, a, a feather. It's just a very small difference between the two. You've heard me say on the show often, if you listen, that every time interest rates go up a full percentage point, and just as a test to those who listen, remember that is 100 basis points, so if it goes from 4% to 5%, you lose 30% of the bottom pool of buyers. That means they get knocked out because they no longer have the income to qualify for the financing. Now, that's a little scary, um, you know, because why? Well, because the bank doesn't feel comfortable qualifying them because the percentage of income that they have to apply to a house payment isn't enough to qualify for that bottom tier. But here's the irony. Those people will all be renters. If they can't purchase, they're going to rent. And the reality is they're going to pay as much or more as the house payment they didn't qualify for and the cost of rent which means you better be very good at qualifying these people or you're going to have people who are living in your houses not paying you rent. But what it tells you is the very small differentiation between someone who was fortunate enough to qualify for the mortgage versus the people living next door to them who live in the exact same house, send their kids to the same schools in the same neighborhood, and they're paying rent. So at the lower end of that scale, that's what you're dealing with. So you're looking at the neighborhood, you're looking at the schools, you're looking at the type of house, you're looking at the market rents that people pay. Because, you know, when they all get together and have a few beers at the at the block party, they're going to probably be talking about things like that, and they're going to find out. So you got to know what are those things. The type of house just essentially lends itself to, you know, is this a property that's going to be high maintenance? What are the fixtures within this house? That, that are going to ongoingly be problematic and expensive to, to keep and maintain. So I'm looking for properties that have, you know, uh, vinyl and steel siding. Maybe, maybe, you know, every, all the houses around were stucco, but somebody 
went in who didn't know what they were doing and spent all the money to rip the stucco off, get rid of the, you know, mold or problems that were associated with it and put vinyl siding on it. And then they sold it to me and they lost their rear ends because they went and they spent way too much money renovating it. And I benefit from that process because I bought it for way less than they had into it. Perfect. But I found the right type of property that is going to be low maintenance. So when I always talk with you guys about buying your first home as your first investment home, you'll live in it for three to five years and then move out and that will be an investment property. You will not roll the equity from one property to the next like everybody else does. When I say you vet it as an investment property, that's what I mean. This is the point. That's what I mean. I'm vetting it not as though this is the lovely house I want to live in. And obviously there'll be things that are consistent that you would like that a tenant who would rent from you would like as well. But you're looking at the actual maintenance there may be you may love the look of 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 steel side or of 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 cedar siding but you know it's high maintenance and if i want to have this property be profitable i don't want to have to paint every two years so although i love the look if it were my own home i don't like the look if it's going to be an investment property so that's kind of what i'm talking about let's take a break and we'll be back talking about more detail as to how you become a successful real estate investor. We'll be right back. Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman. You need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go Go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to homerentalsystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. Accounting and bookkeeping services are no longer just about record keeping. For decades, Arliss Cleveland has been passionate about helping individuals and businesses look at their taxes and financials in a big picture strategy that allows them to position for maximum profitability. Arliss Cleveland Limited is big enough to handle any size client, yet small enough to give you the direct personal attention you deserve. Their philosophy is that accounting and tax services are about more than just numbers on a page. It's all about building client relationships that are personal. Call 763-786-4626. For a free consultation. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877-SMA-TODAY. Or go online to SMA2DAY.com. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at the point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after 
bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, deed in lieu, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're struck improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. everybody yeah so you heard uh in the in the, at the break there was a commercial for mark brett who is home rental systems and so you know as a contrast to this conversation if you say look i i don't i don't you know i, I don't want to be a i don't want to own a lot of property and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I know if you don't want to, and I know the reason people don't, because they think they're going to have to fix toilets in the middle of the night and they think they're going to have to do all this stuff. And I'm telling you, that's not accurate, but you know, whatever, you know, um, really? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I'll think pay, about it again. You pay somebody to do this stuff. That's, <laughs> and, that, and that's, you know, that's why your numbers have to work. You know, if, if you, if the only way to make, make the numbers work <clears throat> is that you're going to have to do all the maintenance. Well, then the job that you have or the or the income that you earn must be consistent with what you would pay someone else to do this work. Otherwise, if you earn more money um, in your day job and you can work more in that job, why wouldn't you just work more in that job and pay somebody else less money who would actually do that work? And even if you, if you, you know, can do it or like the caller in from Jason's show said, I, I enjoy doing it, even if that's true. If you're going to be a real estate investor, you have to realize that if the scalability is something that is within your plan, meaning you're going to have 10, you're not going to be able to do that. It's too much work for one person and to hold down a day job. And you heard me say many times, if you're going to buy real estate and invest in real estate, keep your day job. You do not want to be the full-time maintenance guy for your investment properties. I know for a lot of you, that's your dream (laughs) because you hate your job. (laughs) Well, then get a different job and make more money in your day job. But that that is not how you should approach this. And the scalability, meaning owning many of them, 
dictates that if you're going to grow to that level, you have to be paying someone else to do it or maybe even many people to do it. So those numbers have to be built into your model. Otherwise, when you try to scale and get bigger and pay somebody, once you do that, no longer is that property successful. So if you don't start with those numbers built in, and even if in the beginning you can't do it, at least you have the numbers built in and now you know when you get far enough down the road that you can afford to do it. But back to the, to the premise I was, I was digging into, which is, look, I don't want to own multiple properties. I just want to, I'd like to own a home in Florida and I'd like to own a home in, in Minneapolis or I'd like to have a house, you know, in, in, down in the uptown area and I'd like to have a house here and there. Well, that may be VRBO. Or, and, and this is assuming that you own nicer properties, more expensive that are not in that sweet spot, which for Mark, that's what he does. He, he is, he is a, a property manager and a leasing agent who will find people who want to, who, who are willing to pay you three, four, five, six thousand dollars a month, which can offset the cost of your, uh, you know, uh, custom home, but you have two of them and you can't live in both of them at the same time. So the way that you offset some of that cost is by having people one part of the time or one part of the year live in it when you are not there. And that is certainly a great strategy financially if you're going to do that. I mean, look, if you're going to buy, you know, a lot of times people tell me they're going to buy, they're going to buy a lake property as as a financial plan. Okay. Well, listen, that's not a financial plan. That's, that's, that's like throwing money in a hole. Okay. Because you got, you got, whenever you're at one property, the other property is sitting there doing nothing. And you've heard me say many, many times that the home that you live in is not a good investment. It simply keeps pace with inflation. Then you subtract out all your expenses to maintain it. And you realize that it doesn't even keep pace with inflation. And folks, when it comes to all investing, if your money, if you bury your money in the backyard and inflation, the cost of goods and services is going up, which is eroding the purchasing power of the money that you have buried in the backyard. Guess what? You're going backwards. Well, at the very least, you want your money to maintain its purchasing power by keeping pace with inflation. If your money isn't even doing that, you're losing money. So please don't tell me about how your single family home is a great investment because you're delusional. You, if you're saying that, then you're not, you do not understand how to look at the numbers and how to analyze it. And you're trying to tell yourself something that you want to hear to justify something to make yourself feel better. Okay, so an investment property is a totally different thing. But if you're going to do that, let's say, yeah, you know, I don't give a crap what you say, Todd. I'm doing it anyway. Okay, fair enough. Well, then let's find a way to decrease the loss or mitigate that that ongoing monthly burn rate in two properties or three properties, God forbid, that are different parts of the country or or ones on a lake and ones in the city and ones in Florida. All right. So if you're going to do that, then maybe there's a way to do that. Mark Brett would be a great guy to talk to about how to do that. And here again, I'm going to say this. You talk to him before you purchase the property. Now, look, if you've already got it, sure, talk to him. But the better way to go would be to say, before I do this, is this a property that, it, that, that you would be able to rent out? And if so, how much? And then you can put your numbers together and say, how much will this offset my cost? And is this going to you know erode my retirement plan? Or all those kinds of things, questions that you should be looking at. Uh, but people just like to jump and then figure it out afterwards. And they go, oh, this wasn't a good idea. Yeah, well, it's a little late to be figuring that out now, isn't it? So <clears throat> the market 
you want to be looking at. And I'm saying again that there's the cost of, of management or maintenance in that property. So before you ever buy it, you know, I heard the gentleman say, you know, I'm cash flowing. Oh, well, I'd love to look at your numbers and see whether or not you're really cash flowing. And I don't care about the fact that you do all the work yourself, buddy, because the reality is in, in every aspect of construction, there is the material cost and there's the labor cost. You know, like, so, you know, if, if you know, landscaping, here's a good one, you know, one third material cost, two third labor costs. All right. So in that instance, that's a big deal because that's a pretty significant margin that you're able to. Now, now remember, it's a significant margin if you get the work done as quickly as someone who's in the landscape business. If on the other side of that, you take too frickin' long because you're a one-man band and you're doing that that type of work, well, that means the property may be sitting vacant until you get it done, which means now we're adding the carrying costs of paying that payment every month while you're slowly getting it done and you're deluding yourself into thinking you're saving money because you see this big margin of two-thirds labor costs that you're saving by doing the work yourself, never mind the fact that you've been screwing around with it for six months and the payments have been set. $1,700 a month that you've had to pay for six freaking months. So you got to really look at all these things before you say, oh yeah, I'm making money by doing the work myself. Yeah, you like to do the work, whatever. That's not a financial strategy. That's that you need, you need something to do. That's all that is. And now that being said, many of the other construction jobs don't lend themselves to that level of margin. You know, a general contractor, when they build a house, their margins are going to be 10 and in a best case scenario, maybe 15%. And remember that they've got all the subs who are giving them a discount and they know the construction process because they've, they've done it a hundred times before and they've streamlined it and they've perfected it. You doing your onesie twosie, you're not them. You're the, 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 the crews, they're not going to work for you the same way they do for a guy who builds 30 houses a year. You're not going to get the same pricing. You're not going to get their attention. Um, in the same way. So all of these things have to be taken into consideration. And what I'm really saying is the people who do the onesie twosie flips, they don't take that into consideration. So when you do that and you do the math and you figure it out and you build it out, not in a perfect scenario, but in a contingency, if it doesn't work out the way I think it's going to, what that, what's that going to mean? Having said that, that 15% margin, am I better off just hiring somebody else and getting it done more efficiently and more quickly? And then if it isn't good, good work, I'm working with a reputable person who I can go back to and they will come and fix it if something's not right. Might I be better served by keeping my day job and doing that? Uh, I would say in most cases, yes, <laughs> but nevertheless, that's your job. That's your, your, your decision, I guess. So uh, in addition to the cost of general maintenance, what else do you have to figure out? You have to figure out the long-term cost of replacing things over time. This is the number one thing that average investors don't figure out. In other words, the idea is that the stuff in this house is going to last forever. No, it's not. And if it's 10 years, if it's 15 years, if it's 20 years, if that's the life cycle on that stuff, you are going to have to pay to replace it. Where's the cash flow? Remember that cash flow you thought you had, your return on investment? That's the money you're going to need to pay that stuff. So what you thought was cash flow might not be cash flow, huh? So let's take another break. We'll be right back. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. 
Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years' experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. Oh, I'm hearing the smooth jazz again, and that means it's time to call in. 651-646-8255, 651-646-8255, and the hosts will answer your call live on the air. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. 
Man, it's so hard for me to shut that down. <laughs> That's just so good. Let there be light. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that the, the, the component I alluded to uh, is the number one mistake that most small investors make. And that is to say that they, they do not... They do not uh, consider the long-term uh, cost of ownership because they don't look that far out. Now, I'll, 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 I'll deal with that when I get there, or I'll just refinance, not understanding that refinancing and resetting the mortgage front-end loaded interest is a terrible idea unless you're pulling cash out and you can redeploy that cash and make a significantly higher return on investment somewhere else by potentially buying another property as the down payment. So, you know, the way that that is deployed and the methodology that you use to do that is critical, and you got to look at the number. So I'm telling you refinancing, you know, because what? Because you're because the interest rate's one percent lower, two percent lower. And you know, I talked to the mortgage broker and they said, you know, anytime you, you can you can decrease your interest rate by two percent, you should refinance. That's absolutely not true. It's absolutely not true. If you're beyond ten years into the mortgage, you may very well when you can if you know how to do it, analyze the principal pay down. And the interest that you're actually paying. If you've ever heard me talk about how mortgages actually work. And most of you don't know this. You think because you close at 4% that you're paying a 4% uh, interest rate throughout the life of the loan when, in fact, you're paying more than 4% on the money that you owe on the front end. And on the back end, you're paying significantly less. So when you get beyond 10, 12, 15 years, you, you may have a 4% interest rate on your loan, but you may actually be paying 2.75% because it's front-end loaded. So you go refinance and now you reset the front end loaded interest and you're building equity much slower with the with with the with the same payment and you just extended the amortization of the debt. This these are all things why you know why do I say that you can't be financially successful in a sustainable way unless by god you become a financial person. Because you're making a bunch of decisions either because you're by going on the Internet, listening to a bunch of other idiots who don't know what they're doing, or you're talking to the average person that you know who you're comfortable with, who also doesn't know any more than you do. And God forbid you're taking their advice. Okay, you have to become the expert. You have to become sophisticated. And I don't want to hear anybody say, I'm not a financial person. I want you to say, I will become a financial person. I may not be one now, but you don't need to be a math major at MIT to figure this stuff out. You know, this is this is very doable. You just need to learn the formulas and do it. So anyway, the the long term capital costs and the major fixtures that will have to be replaced have to be built into your model. And and those are, you know, the roof, the 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 deck, the siding, the windows, the driveway, uh, obviously the flooring, uh, all these things, the, the plumbing fixtures. I mean, do, do you think that, that all the faucets and the, and the, and the thing are going to are going to last forever? You know, if you were living there and taking good care of them. Yeah, maybe. But let me tell you what. When you put tenants in those properties, and I don't care if these tenants are the most wonderful people in the whole world, let me just tell you something. I have a bunch of properties, and I'm going to tell you something. I affectionately call my tenants the animals for a reason, (laughs) because they wreck everything, because it's not theirs, you know? And on some level, as you've heard me say before, they're pissed off of the fact that just by the virtue of the relationship that you own the property they don't, that already 
is frustrating to them. And so by that by that issue alone, they don't take care of things in an offhanded, even subconscious way. So just be aware of that and don't get all ticked off because you have to go fix stuff. These people are crazy. Just accept it. And that's why I'm saying you got to build these costs in. Now, if you go in as an amateur, you don't do that because you think they're going to be meticulous and take care of stuff the way you do. Well, you're freaking delusional. It ain't going to work. So you got to build those costs in, and that's one of the things that people don't do. So all these things are going to need to be replaced, and you're going to have to be saving money. Now, let me tell you something else about that so-called cash flow. A lot of people who own investment properties are like the gentlemen who I listen to call in who like to do the work themselves. Many of them are contractors in their day jobs. Well, what's the problem with that? With that? Well, the mentality of most contractors, and we'll just call them blue-collar workers, is that he or she who dies with the most toys wins. In other words, when they get cash flow, hey, my, my mortgage payment's 1200 bucks and my rent is 1700 so I got 500 bucks a month in cash flow. Well, you already know that based on everything I've said. It's not cash flow, but they think it is. And what do they do with it? Do they do like you do in your retirement account where the dividends compound and you have this incredible magic of compound growth? Oh, no. They want to take the $500 and go buy a boat or a new snowmobile. And then when something major goes wrong that they didn't calculate, they don't have the money and they have to put it on a credit card. And the next thing you know, they wish they had never invested, (laughs) invested in real estate because it's a losing proposition. No, you don't know what you're doing. That's the deal. You got to leave that money alone and know that the first five years are the toughest years. If you can make the numbers work in five years, chances are within five years, your rents will all be higher and you will be in a much better financial position to make it work. At the end of the day, what does it mean to make a piece of residential investment property work? It means when you consider all of the costs and the market rents you have to work with, which is your raw gross income, if you make $1 at the end of the year, then that's a successful property because in effect, you are now building assets with someone else paying for them for you. That's what we're looking for. Because after five years, when you increase the rents, because market rents will go up as values increase, guess what? Now you will be cash flowing. But you leave that money alone. You don't need you don't get to take it out and use it to increase or enhance your lifestyle. If you do that, you defeat the purpose of compound growth. That cash flow is either got to be there until you figure out what the actual costs are to keep and maintain this property, which trust me, in the beginning, you won't know. You're going to have to figure it out the hard way. But then once you get to a point where you have that money, you amass it to use to buy your next property that is within your long-term, short-term, mid-range, and long-range goals. That's what you do. And that's the way that you build an empire. That's how you become a real estate mogul. You don't become a mogul by robbing all of the dividends or cash flow from the property to use to enhance your lifestyle. So now there is no money to go into the next property. You're never going to get there. You know, you want to have five, $10 million of equity in a property. You cannot do these things that I'm telling you. You will never get there. The other thing is you got to know that you can't do this with no money down. Even if you do the work yourself, it won't work. And every time the interest rates go up, you have to have a a larger equity position, meaning more money into it personally to make the numbers work. Let's take our last break. We'll be right back. 
Accounting and bookkeeping services are no longer just about record keeping. For decades, Arliss Cleveland has been passionate about helping individuals and businesses look at their taxes and financials in a big picture strategy that allows them to position for maximum profitability. Arliss Cleveland Limited is big enough to handle any size client, yet small enough to give you the direct personal attention you deserve. Their philosophy is that accounting and tax services are about more than just numbers on a page. It's all about building client relationships that are personal. Call 763-786-4626 for a free consultation. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP Smart Side Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate, 877-SMA-TODAY, or go online to SMA2DAY.com. Todd Rucker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to HomeRentalSystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. Do you have enough to retire? Do you even know how much you need to retire? Great Waters Financial specializes in helping people nearing retirement get ready for their next big challenge. Great Waters Financial can help you understand how much you'll need for a comfortable retirement, how long your money will last, and what you need to do now to make sure you can retire the way you want to. You've earned a great retirement. Let the team at Great Waters Financial help you make it happen. For convenient offices in the Twin Cities, greatwatersfinancial.com. Here's your goal. Here's your goal. We're buying, buying your first property. And, and uh, you know, when I talk about equity position, I'll try to cover that before we run out of time here. But the, your, your real goal is that the property that you purchase, you put 20%, 40% down. And you can, you can glean that percentage by doing what would otherwise be a flip. But rather than flipping it and selling it and keeping the money, you keep the money in so you've got a stronger equity position. That's a great way to take advantage of your of your skills if you're if you like to do these properties. So then you've got a strong enough equity position that the rents 
while when left alone in your little LLC that's created for your investment property, you leave them alone and they'll cover 100% of the cost. So if you put, you know, 20% down, not $1 comes out of your back pocket to support this thing. And as time goes along, the value increases and you're not paying for that. You only put 20% down, yet the whole property is going up in value and someone else is paying down the loan. That's your goal. Your goal is to build assets, to build net worth. That's how you succeed in real estate. That's why I tell you, you got to keep your day job. And if you do this in 10 years, you will be so successful You with real estate, there will not be anything comparable to it. But if you can't keep your grubby little hands off of the so-called cash flow, you're going to fail and not succeed like 9 out of 10 people who buy residential investment real estate. And that number I gave you, 9 out of 10, it's accurate. All right? So the reality is you got to know what you're doing. You keep your day job. That's where you put food on your own table. That's where you pay your own mortgage payment or your own rent. And then you let the investment properties build and grow, and then you manage the portfolio and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. That's your real goal. The good side of residential investment real estate, unlike commercial real estate, is that it is somewhat predictable in how it increases. The reality is that commercial real estate and the value of it is based on the operations and the internal calculations you do to determine that rate of return or that capitalization rate. With residential property, it just goes up because people just pay more. And you know what? If you're an investor, you got to love it when you're not paying for it. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Have a great week. Make it happen. Make it happen. It's all there for the taking. We live in America. Thank God we live in America. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. The proceeding was a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of 1500 ESPN.